to Niners Radio. I'm your host, Brian, with the wonderful Dina. Dina, how are we doing today? Oh, I think we're having a little problem. Well, let's go on. Um, last Thursday, August 16th, we sadly lost uh, the queen of music, Aretha Franklin. And, uh, you know, ironically on that day, it's the same day we uh, celebrate the king of music, Elvis Presley, um, 41 years ago on the same date. Um, just weird, you know, king and the queen, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, so we celebrate her, her life and, uh, obviously everyone remembers her from the blues brothers and the, the annual ball when our uh, president, Mr. Obama came on and that's what that was from. And, uh, you know, uh, she will be dearly missed. And um, But uh, today we have a full pack show for you guys. Um, now, uh, we do have big news, and I'm going to break it now. Um, so next week, next week, guys, um, we are honored to have no breaks, the athletic. 49ers podcast will be live with us with Mr. Matt Barrows and Mr. David Lombardi. Okay. And uh, obviously, um, Mr. Barrows has uh, changed platforms. And uh, go check all of his articles, obviously, on The Athletic now. Everyone knows who David Lombardi is. Great insight, and uh, we, we will have them live next week. So uh, it's going to be a very cool show to have. And then, um, and then after that, um, you're going to hear it here first. Um, the smash hit, it'll be a smash hit. Um, it's called Brick by Brick, and that's by Mr. Jose Santana from the Kings of Tailgate. And that will be dropped exclusively here on Niners Radio. Um, so that is another big show for next week. Um, so we can't wait uh, for that show today. Um, we're hoping to um, confirm Derek Deese today. Um, and obviously uh, Derek was Super Bowl champion. Um, obviously last one we won in 1995. So... And then uh, we have our Kyle Juszczyk will be joining us, and uh, your Pro Bowl fullback, and your starter for your 2018-19, I guess it would be 2019 uh, season. Um, And then uh, we'll be joined by Adam from 49ers Inside Room. Um, Obviously, um, a lot of people have been following him. Uh, getting the good gas up in there, and we'll kind of go from there. So, um, so yeah, we have a very uh, high impact show today, um, and uh, you know we're only, you know, cut downs are, you know, we, this Saturday we have the game. Um, obviously, it's the rehearsal game. Everyone calls it. 
And, uh, you know, we're going to see. We're going to go from there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So, um, so from there, um, let's talk about um, a little gossip we have going on here. And that's uh, what are the chances of the 49ers acquiring a Khalil Mack? Obviously, he would be a game changer. Um, so we have a couple of reports here. Um, Cleo Mack um, from Cam Rogers, who's over at the uh, Chat Sports on 49ers report, um, is rumoring that the Mack could be traded to San Francisco for uh, well, free safety, uh, Jimmy Ward, uh, first-round pick, and Salman Thomas. That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, And now we are going to put this out there um, with our insiders. And this is a NFL reporter close to the Raiders. Um, And that would be uh, Khalil Mack again for a Jimmy Ward. And why Jimmy Ward is so important to if any kind of deal would be struck with the Raiders um, is because they would get a, if they didn't resign them, which I'm sure they wouldn't, well, maybe they would, but uh, if they didn't, uh, they would get a third round comp pick in return. Um, and then uh, Eric Armstead, who's obviously under control for this year and the following year. Um, and a first round pick in 2019, and a second-round pick in 2020. Interesting. So uh, those are your hot rumors. Uh, obviously, if we got Khalil Mack, that's, that's a game-changer. Um, I know a lot of people say, you know, you don't like giving up first-round picks, but if you can get a caliber of a Khalil Mack, um, you know, obviously what, he do, what he's done for the Raiders for the last four years, um, you know, that that's just – it would be overwhelming. Um, obviously, everyone sees, you know, we have a problem with the, our pass rush. And, um, you know, we're going to we're going to find out if, you know, what happens on that front and kind of go from there. So, um, so that's going to be uh, very interesting uh, to see what develops there. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is still a holdout as well. And then... Um, Mr. Uh, I want to say um, um, Mr. Darnold over over with the Rams, but it looks like they're getting close to wrapping that up. So, yeah, we're going to find out, see what happens with that, and uh, kind of go from there. So, um, so yeah, so uh, you know, right now we are going to. Kind of look at, you know, going into this Colts game. Um, and Kyle said that most likely what would happen is they'll see if uh, his starters will play a first, uh, you know, a half, uh, maybe a little bit into the third, depending on how the game goes. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, it's, it's, it's always interesting to see what develops how far they play into the first, um, who plays into the first. But that'll kind of give you an idea who's going to start 
uh, week one, and then usually end the fourth game. Um, not a lot. If any starters play, it's usually maybe for one or two snaps, but um, I, I don't I don't see anything like that uh, tuition um, going from there. So, um, so right now I think we are having some technical difficulties. But um, what we're going to do here, hopefully everyone's hearing me out there, but um, if not, uh, we are going to, um, I believe, take a quick break, and hopefully uh, we'll be back We'll be back with our uh, next guest. Um so with that being said, um, we'll be back right after uh, these quick messages. No, 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 no. Hell no. 
we're back on Niners Radio, and it's our honor to have one of our favorite players of your San Francisco 49ers fullback pro bowler, Kyle Juszczyk, and this interview is sponsored by JL Sports and Alan Hobbs of the San Francisco in San Francisco 49ers, and for those athletes looking for a great agent, go to jlsports.net, and now we welcome Kyle Juszczyk. Kyle, how you doing? Doing well. How are you guys? Great, great, great. Uh, we really appreciate you joining us. Uh, huge fans. Um, and uh, I want to turn over to one of your biggest fans, Dina Howard. Um, and uh, with that, Dina, uh, take it away. Okay. Um, how are you today, Kyle? I'm doing well. How about you, Dina? I'm doing great. Thank you. So when you signed with the 49ers, Coach Shanahan said you were one, you were not just a fullback, but the offensive weapon. Most fullbacks take out the wide receiver and the tight ends in certain packages. But with talent and your talents, what do your opponents have to worry about when you're on when you are in on passing downs? Um, you know, I feel like I've always brought a versatility to uh, to the position, and when I'm on the field. I think teams have to be aware that, um, you know, when I'm running at a linebacker, it's not just because I'm going to block him that, um, you know, there can be a lot of cases where that could turn into me running a route. And that just, it's another thing they have to be aware of. Right. Um, to be an elite fullback, which you are, and we had a really good one in Tom Rathman, he always said the technique was huge key and on blocking downs, and it was a hard work at not just going full speed and hit someone, but to learn how to slow down, speed up, avoid offensive linemen. What are the challenges in this offense, not just the responsibilities, but to execute like you do? You know what, I think uh, Rathman was uh, pretty spot on there. A lot of people, they have this impression that fullbacks just, you know, kind of close their eyes and run as fast as they can and just smash into somebody. But there's really a lot more to that. It's a lot about um, your technique and your body position and being able to get your head on the correct side of him and being able to put your lower body in a position where you can move with the defender. Um, It's a lot more than just running into a brick wall. Yeah, I see that. Um, in 2017, free agency, you had interest from the Eagles, the Browns, the Bills, and, of course, the 49ers. What was that experience like to go through that free agency as a top fullback and a hot name on the market? And what made you decide to go with the 49ers? Uh, you know what? It was a very humbling, but um, it was a cool experience. You know, it's always nice to be courted by so many teams and, you know, feel wanted. But at the end of the day, I felt like the Niners was definitely the best place for me. Um, I I felt like I was going to fit best into Kyle's offense. You know, there's not a lot of offenses out there uh, that use their fullbacks in, a, in the way that he does. So I felt like that was going to be a great opportunity for me. And um, I liked I liked the fact that John Lynch was the GM. I, I thought it was really cool to have a former player as the GM because he sees it how we do. So, you know, add that into the fact that it's in sunny California and it it just seemed like the perfect place to be. And we're happy you're with us, of course. Yeah. Um, (laughs) This this upcoming season, you guys have 
a big expectation, not just from the faithful, but nationally. And with the Rams in the, in the division and having to deal with Donald and Sue this year, how does the team put themselves in a position to win the West this year? Yeah, you know, the Rams definitely uh, are, are going to be a challenge. And, you know, so will, so will the Seahawks and the Cardinals. They're both, they're both good teams. Uh, but you really just have to focus on, uh, you know, the day that's ahead of you. Try to get better each and every day. And, you know, we really talk about blocking out the noise where, you know, whether it's positive or negative, we, we try not to get ourselves too hyped up either way just based on, you know, what you hear in the media and that sort of thing. You know, we believe in ourselves. We believe in ourselves when we are 0-9. So we just have to go back to that and just remember that it's it's really not about all the noise. It's it's about how we feel as a team and how we're performing. Exactly, and that's what I love about this team because that's exactly what you guys are like this season, last season, and I'm hoping that that all comes into this next season. Um, my last question is, 49ers run the inside zone with your teammates of McKinnon, Brita, and others. Who will be fighting for the positions of the team? What should fans expect to see this year compared to last year with Hyde as your lead back? You know what? I, I wish I uh, I knew exactly, but that's something that we're going to find out in training camp. We're going to, you know, they always say the cream rises to the top. So, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, who kind of rises up between uh, Jarek and Brita and Joe Williams and Raheem. You know, there's we got a lot of uh, talent in that room, and yeah, I think it'll end up being a, a good share between a couple of them. But uh, really excited to see what that competition brings out of them. Yeah, it looks like a really good competition coming in. Mhm. And Kyle, as as we switch over to, uh, you know, obviously when Jimmy when Jimmy was brought in, um, obviously the it seemed like the team had a little more confidence. Uh, nothing taken away from your teammates. Um, but, you know, I guess there was excitement, obviously, when when, the, when there was a switch. Um, and, uh, you know, how, how did the team, um, you know, go from there as far as, uh, is, you know, changing maybe part of the offense that uh, started flowing a l- little bit better when, um, when he was in there? Yeah, you know what, Jimmy brought a lot of different things to the offense. He brought uh, some great leadership, you know, despite only, you know, basically being the new guy and not even having a full understanding of the playbook yet. He did such a great job of just conveying that leadership and encouraging the guys. But, you know, the biggest difference, I think, was that we started converting on third down. And when you convert on third down, that gives you more chances as an offense. It gives you more snaps. You know, and all of a sudden the defense gets to rest, you're on the field longer. And, um, you know, I think it's just a snowball effect that it causes all these positive things to happen. And uh, I think that's really what kind of led to the success that we had at the end of the season. And kind of going on from there, you know, you look at your core and, and the running back core is is so very versatile. Um and if they ask you to, to obviously be the the uh, sh- short uh, short distance back, um, you know, would you take it, would you take on that role with uh, with pride? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that would that'd be a great honor and something you know. Hopefully, I can earn for myself this year. And uh, you know, um, obviously, everyone kind of remembers the uh, rollback play where 
obviously, I, I still don't know how you made that catch. Uh, <laughs> you know, you had, you had two defenders on you. You still made that catch. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, how? How did you do that? <laughs> I, I keep on looking that over and saying, how did he catch that? Um, that that had to be, you know, one of your catches that you really remember. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I just remember when when that ball was in the air, I just told myself, like, that it was going to be mine or nobody else's. And, you know, honestly, I wasn't even aware of the safety that was coming over the top. I thought it was basically just a one-on-one battle. And, you know, I just did everything I could to get my hands on it and snatch it and, uh, you know, came up with it. Yeah, and we, we've learned this year that, obviously, um, you know, with Baltimore, they, you know, used you in, more in the reception areas and um, not so much running. But, obviously, you've, you've shown that you can do versatile everything everything they ask you to do. Um, and, obviously, you know, between uh, getting, a, getting a great uh, pancake block uh, or, or catching, you know, whatever they ask you, you got some wheels, Kyle. You got some wheels out there. That they get a lot of people. Uh, I mean, you're a mismatch for everybody. Um, but uh, you know, we really want to thank you for, uh, for joining us for a couple of minutes. Got one more question. Um, you know, uh, there's obviously something special going on with this team. I think everyone sees that, um, not just from the faithful, but you know, nationally. Um, and you know, if you have one message for the fans to expect this year, what would it be? Man, I think they're just going to see a, a unified team that's going to put everything they got out there on the field, and you know we expect to win. So I, I think uh, the fans should expect to as well. Amen, Kyle. Thank you so much for joining us. We wish you nothing but a very healthy 2018 season, and uh, we will definitely be watching you. And thank you so much for joining Niners Radio for a couple minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for uh, having me on. Absolutely, Kyle. Have a great season, okay? Well, if your baby leaves you, you've got a tail to the tail.
gotta do with me. Well, if your baby leaves you, you gotta tell the tale. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, I forgot the lyrics. Wait a minute, wait a minute, I forgot the lyrics. Uh, <laughs> the bell tears keep flowing, the death clans dressed in black. Well, you've been so long, alone the street a little bit. Have a look back and it does a lonely, baby. so lonely. And we're back on Niners Radio. And uh, what a first uh, <laughs> first half hour there. So, um, obviously, um, unfortunately, Derek was not able to join us tonight. Um, we get it. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll definitely have him on. We usually have him on a couple times a year. And uh, it was nice for Kyle to join us. And then, um, you know, people that are in the Arizona area, um, since we just played Elvis, um, you know, go check out the, the ultimate king experience.com, their buddy, Rick Lindsay. So, um, you know, I, I, if you go on my page, uh, you know, you definitely check that out. Um, always, uh, trying to share that stuff. And then, uh, you know, Dino, what bothered me this weekend? Um, was unless you were in California, you couldn't see the game live. Um, so I had enough of that, okay? So um, for the people that can't see the game live, um, I'll just say come to my page. You might be able to see it live, you know, live uh, through uh, me, me streaming it um, legally, <laughs> okay? I want to make sure I put that out there. So... Um, so yeah, I mean, it it was unfortunate and, uh, you know, people, I I don't get, you know, you know, I, since I live in Chicago, um, you know, I spend two to $300 usually a year to make sure I see all the 49er games in the preseason. They want to hide them. Um, you know, I, I think if you get direct TV, the Sunday package, you should automatically get all the live preseason games. It's ridiculous. I know on California, you know, if you want Niners, uh, 49ers.com, you're able to stream it live there. Um, so, you know, it is what it is, um, politics. And, um, you know, which brings us to um, – there's a couple things we want to go over um, before Adam joins us in about a half hour here. Um, but – um, Richard Sherman talking about this new rule change, okay? Um, obviously, we've seen two games of this, um, not just for the 49ers, but from the NFL. Um, and obviously, 
in college, they call it spearing. If you're spearing, you know, obviously you can you can get up to usually, what, a half for the end of the game or whatever, but they always look at the play. Um, you know, Richard Sherman's saying, basically, if you're going full speed, it, it, it's almost impossible to play football right now, and it's pretty much being flag football right now they want you to play. Um, you know, there's certain cases where um, they are going to look at it. I know Adam Schefter put out a tweet, I think it was last night, about, you know, it'd be, it'd be over like a three-year span. Um, but, you know, uh, we tried to get a solid answer of how this is going to work. We really don't know. Um, and I know Dina might have a little bit more information on that um, to explain a little bit more. Um, Dina, from what you read, what... What do you think about this new rule? What, what, do they, what do you think they're going to be able to do with it? <laughs> this rule is crazy because it makes you wonder if the coaches even, or the, not the coaches, the owners even voted for this because half the people have no clue what this is even right. about when you're talking to them. And when you listen to uh, defense coordinator Sala, he says, you know, our guys are trained for this. They already know. I'm not worried about mm. this penalty because our guys – this is how we we practice, but now you look the way they're playing, and we're getting all the penalties for it. Um, Sherman is being right. very boisterous about it because he doesn't like it. Um, they're saying now that they're going to just put film out there and send it to every team. Every team will have the same film. They're not going to change anything. But an interesting thing I saw somebody tweet earlier is this kind of rule should not be left up to – the owners, or NFL, no. there should be a player committee, and there should be mm-hmm. players in this committee because these are the ones who take all the chances and all the banging ups and all that. They should be the one who vote on rules and stuff when it comes to this kind of rule. It only makes sense because they're the ones' bodies that get hurt, and they know what it's like. A coach doesn't know what it's like unless they've played before. I'm sure Roger Goodell has never been hit in the head by a helmet before so people who are voting don't have a clue what it's really like to be out on that field so i agree that there should be a player committee and the players should be able to have a voice in some of these rules and i'm glad that sherman's opening his mouth and saying something because he's one guy that can actually get it out there because he's so he's got so many people who believe in him and stand behind him and listen so I'm glad that somebody finally stepped up. Um, some of it, I know there's a lot of it right now, and every game I've watched, I haven't missed a game yet. I've been watching every single game, uh, not just us, but everybody. And there's tons of penalties everywhere. It's just not us. So for the fans who say that the refs are screwing us, it's not just us. Everybody's getting it right now. But the one thing that I feel is that at this point, these are new refs. This is a new rule. It's preseason. I think a lot of times when they make these calls, one is they don't know because they're not really clear and they're new. Two, right. they're kind of putting it out there as that this is what we're looking at, this is what we feel. They're giving you a chance to clear it up before pre-season, before season starts. So I think you're seeing a lot right now, but I think once season starts, it'll calm down a little bit 
and won't be as bad as it is right now because I think right now it's just a, a learning thing with everybody and it's a, a little bit of experience and letting you know, hey, look, we're not going to take that when season starts. So I think we'll exactly. see some calming down of it. Well, that's the thing, and that's why I think Adam Schefter said, you know, in three years, um, the new CBA is not for three more years uh, where they right. can start changing stuff. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, yeah, I mean, people like Sherman that who are on the committee, um, they can try to try to do something about it. Um, but, you know, people like Sherman are the people who, who can try to change it. Um not saying that he could change it, you know, it's not like it, it's up to him, right. but, um, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, even like the hit uh, Mozart had, I mean, I mean, he turned his, he turned his, you know, entire helmet, you know, lowered his, lowered his shoulder, um, and he still gets a flag for it. It's like, okay, now maybe if they would have reviewed that play, they'd been like, no, 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 that was, that was a clean hit. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't. Um, you know, we're we're gonna find out. You know what happens with that, but I mean, it's it just it's like uh, okay, come on. You know, we want to watch football, but at the same time, I under I understand about you know the, the safety for everyone with the new helmets and everything. I get it. I get it. They want to make sure it's a safe game and nothing happens to our game. But at the same time, I think they're destroying the game. And, uh, you know, that's something that we just can't have. We can't have. Um, so we'll find out what happens with that and see if, you know, there, there was a lot of, you know, incidents, um, I would probably say five, seven years ago, where they were calling stuff in preseason. Once they got to the regular season, they weren't calling it. I hope right. that's what the case is in this situation. Uh, but we will find out. We'll find out. Um, now, I don't want to because the game has a, the third game hasn't happened. Um, you know, there's always surprise cuts. Um, but what I'm going to give you now, and I want Dina's thoughts. Maybe Dina wants to throw out some names there. Um, and I just want to look at the wide receivers, and really more the secondary right now, um, and. You know, as as I look at the wide receivers, um, you know, I, I think it's it it comes down to, you know, the the people that have have won jobs already. I think we know who's won won those jobs already. Um, but my wide receivers, I'm probably cutting regardless of what happens. Um, is uh, Aaron Burbridge, which a lot of people are you know are kind of saying no, you know, he, he'll probably make the team. I know Matt's projection said he was going to make it. I don't think he does. Uh, Max McCaffrey, you know, hasn't done enough. Uh, I like Stephen Dunbar, but, you know, I, I just don't think – I think it's a numbers game. Uh, Victor Bolden, I know we had Grant on two weeks ago, and Grant said, you know, he's, he's such a great player. You know, he'll probably make the team. I, I ain't too sure about that. And – um Someone who has been making plays, but I think they're they've they're making a statement about being younger and get, getting these guys more reps and developing for the 2019-2020 season, and uh, that's Aldrick Robinson. Um, you know, I I do think 
that you know if you look if you look at the wide receiver depth, uh, Pierre Garçon, uh, obviously Dante Pettis will make the team. Um, I think Kendrick Bourne is a lock, even though Grant says no. <laughs> um, obviously Goodwin, he's probably our number one wide receiver. Trent Taylor is amazing, and um, Richie James, I think. Um, he's done everything to win a job. And, um, you know, I, I think those are your wide receivers. So, um, you know, Dina, as you look at the wide receiver depth, um, is there anyone you would change that you didn't agree with me? I'm torn with Robinson and Bourne. I think I would keep Robinson over Bourne. Okay. That's just me. Really? I, I really like Robinson, and I really – I think that he's – He's shown a lot, and I think him and Jimmy have a really good um, thing going, too, when you watch them together. But it's hard because, like I said, I don't want to see anybody leave because there's a lot of people there, – there's so many people no. on the team that I really love watching. So to lose anybody, I was like, you know, I really want to see Max, but Max is just really just Max. He doesn't really do anything special. He's just there. So, and it, yeah, then, even, you know, even if the, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's fine. Go ahead. You know, even like, you know, we, <laughs> we were talking when Grant was on about Max McCaffrey. Um, he's made some nice plays. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he's, he's done enough to even get a practice squad. I mean, I think uh, Stephen Dunbar, if he, if he gets cut, they're going to try to put him on the practice squad. They like what they see in Dunbar. Um you know, could they hide him? He all of a sudden gets an injury this game? Sure. <laughs> you could do that. You could do that. Now, we do have to remember this, so. And uh, this was asked, I think, on Twitter the other day. Is, like, Reuben Foster, um, he's not counted towards the roster since he's suspended the first two games. So right, you could play say. around with something like that, where you put him on, um, where you Bolden. put one of these guys on the team. Yeah, you could put one of these guys on the team and put him on the PUP list. Uh, they could, uh, even though it's illegal for them to do this, they could do something like that, where he's available the first two weeks, and then all of a sudden, oh, it's after the second game, oh, we're putting him on the PUP list, and then they activate Ruben Foster. Uh, yeah, and same thing, like you said, same thing would. Um, Obviously, uh, you know, the same thing would go for Victor Bolden if they wanted to do something like that. Um, but I tell you what, Dina, you know, the most, as far as uh, special teams, there's so many guys who can do it now. And yeah. if you remember, you know, we only had like one or two guys that could do it, you know. Exactly. Uh, it's, just, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. And uh, I'm sorry, was there anyone else that you – you may want no. to uh, see if you can try to keep. No, okay. No. Okay. So, um, you know, I even the secondary, I, I'm not, I'm not really convinced yet, but I do think uh, Tyvis Powell and Emmanuel Mosley, I, I just don't see him making the team. I don't. You know, uh, Mosley's interception makes you wonder, though. You know, he. Yeah. And it's not I mean, enough, but how does Kyle look at it? You know, Kyle just Kyle thinks different than we all think. He's outside the box. Mm-hmm. He doesn't think about how 
everybody wants it or sees it, he sees what he can make out of this kid going for down the line, not today, but down the line. So does he get rid of somebody like Mosley? Or does he try to figure out something to do with Mosley at this point? And I'll tell you what, another guy to look for is Greg Maben. I don't think he should be on this roster, okay? But yeah. But who's in place? Okay, say let's just say that some miracle happens and Jimmy Ward's traded. You have to keep Maben, okay? You don't have a choice. Okay, and then you're then you're looking at okay, then does Tyvis Powell maybe he stays on the team because of that trade? Uh right. you know, they love Tavares more. He's not going anywhere. Uh, you know, another guy who can be cut, I, I shouldn't say automatic. He's one of my favorite guys. As we were doing the draft, we were lucky enough to get him, and that's Tavares McFadden. Um, you know, has he, you know, I mean, it's been kind of up and down, you know. So uh, so I know that, you know, he had a couple of interceptions he probably should have picked off. I'm sure Soleil did not like that. Uh, once you get your hand around, you better pick it off. Um, but, you know, has he played enough? Has he played good enough to make the roster? I don't know. Um, and maybe that's something that needs to be answered on Saturday. However, um, you know, Kawan Williams, he's safe. He's not going anywhere. Uh, Witherspoon, he's playing great. Sherman, obviously, he's staying. Um you know, if someone went down, you know, you have you have two safeties who could play corner, and that's Adrian Colbert. I don't see them taking him out of position. And uh, Chancellor James is another one who, in the playing the strong safety, hasn't played good at strong safety, but when he's played cornerback in the in the backup roles, has done well. So he he's another one. I'm not too sure if he makes the squad. It's interesting uh, when you when you have someone that can play safety and corner, um, and same thing with McFadden. You know those guys um, can help you. Uh, you know, usually you're you're only gonna keep three or four, um, and then the news today about you know what about a possible, you know if if Eric Reed would take the minimum, you know would he come and and then probably one of these guys you know James. You know, um, you know, most likely Colbert Tart stay. Uh, DJ Reed has impressed. Um, you know, uh, Antonio Exium Jr. You know, he's he's another guy, but I don't think he's played good enough. Um, someone that obviously we just picked up, uh, Dexter McCoyle again. You know, has he played? He hasn't played enough. Okay, so I don't know if there's enough time for him to make the squad because of that. Um, you know what? What are your opinions on uh, on our cornerback staff, Dina? You know, Kyle puts these guys in there for a reason, competition, and he's very mm-hmm. adamant about whoever beats out the other one. So I mean, you could be really good. We could all think that one person is really good, but if Kyle thinks that they beat out the other person, see ya. That's just how Kyle is. So it's interesting to see how it's going to work out in all this. I mean, yeah, it really. I'm is. kind of. It really is. I'm. It's really hard to even guess how Kyle's thinking. You know. 
I don't yeah. know how he's thinking. I mean, you know that you know there's certain players that's going to stay, and we'll figure out. We'll find out who our starters are this week. And I want Saturday. He'll all our starters will be oh, out yeah. there. So we'll see our You'll starters know. on both sides of the line. Um, and then from You'll there, know. it's figuring out who is going to stay and who's not going to stay. And that's all yeah. going to start. You know, they'll be shuffling them out this week. You know, after Saturday, I'm you know come Monday. I think you're going to start seeing a lot of shuffling out. Okay, I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'm going to tell you. Surprise cut. I'm just going to ask for one guy, okay? I'm going to let you think about it. My guy I don't think makes the squad this year is Earl Mitchell. I think DJ Jones, okay, I think with them moving in, uh, you know, you have DJ Jones, obviously, um, and then you have Julian Taylor um, and then Sheldon Day. They can play inside, outside. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I don't think he's made this team. I mean, a lot of people call me crazy. If there's one surprise cut, that's my guy, Earl Mitchell. He's gone. Um, and if he got caught, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I can um, see that one. Lazy. He was lazy last year in those in those five wins. I thought he looked very lazy uh, in this preseason. The game. The, the snaps he's had, um, it's not like it's like want to, you know, I, you know, hold, holding holding your uh, where you're supposed to be. I just don't think he's 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 put the time in where it's like, wow, okay, I see that, I see that. You know, he's supposed to be your run stopper, stopper to help. You know, obviously to uh, help Buckner. Um, he didn't help Buckner at all last year. Um, if you look at those pressures that went last year, um, that was all Sheldon Day. When Sheldon Day got in there, him and Buckner, they caused a uh, headache. Uh, you know, just mm-hmm. go go look at the pressures when those two were in there uh, next next to each other. Um, you know, it, it was definitely it was definitely an issue. So, I mean, um, I don't know, surprise cut. I mean, you want to throw anyone's name out there that you'd be like, whoa, okay. You know, I don't really, I don't know. You know, I mean, I, there's some players that I could, you know, wouldn't be surprised if they're gone. Uh, you know, like a Eli Harold or Armstead. They wouldn't surprise yeah. me if they're gone at all. Uh, you know, Garnett did good this game, so I think he's going to be okay. And he was the one that I thought might be the one that actually was a surprise, but I think this week he really yeah, did I've, a lot. I tell you what, I, you know, I broke down that game. And I wanted to look at Garnett specifically. I, I wasn't – I was looking at the O-line, but I was specifically looking at Garnett. And I started writing down positives and negatives, okay? Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to do the first half because I knew going to the third, they were going to start second, some second, some third stringers. I didn't want to count those. And what I did is end up having 17 positives for Garnett where, um, you know, he, he controlled his block or, you know, he he wasn't being pushed back into anybody. Um, 17 positive plays, uh, only five where, you know, and there was only one that he really got pushed back and probably, you know, didn't do the, um, you know, was really kind of off-centered. Um, I, I mean, I was really surprised by his play. Um, and uh, obviously Kyle, you know, after the game and I think after the press conference, 
Um, said he said, you know, he did a lot of good things. There was a couple of bad things in there, but more good things than bad things. And, uh, you know, I, I think you're going to see him uh, probably week one at right guard right now. So, um, you know, and I, I don't think not because he beat out Cooper, not because he beat out, obviously, um, you know, obviously person. Um, I just think he's probably the best for the position right now. Um, he's played up to his potential. Um, I know a lot of people think person's going to be out there right guard against Minnesota. We'll see, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, if he plays like he did last week, this Saturday, um, I, I think Garnett's out there Saturday. So, um, and I like Jonathan Cooper. If he can stay healthy, um, Jonathan Cooper probably, if the, the, if these guys are both healthy, Cooper's probably your right guard and Garnett's the backup, but, uh, that is not the case right now. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, um, you know, and as we look at um, some of the people that are playing that will be a surprise to some people, um, Solomon Thomas will play this week. Um, <coughs> excuse me, everybody. I'm going getting after a cold here. Um, Solomon Thomas will play. Uh, Kwan Williams think that he, he said he would play. I'm not too sure about that one. Um, um, Malcolm Smith he, will play, and also Richard Sherman. Yeah. yeah. I'm not too sure about. Um, I'm not too sure about Kwan. I don't um, know. They have, said Arms, they have Armstead, Kwan, uh, Malcolm Smith, and Sherman all playing this weekend. All right, yeah. that's good to hear. That's uh, good to hear. I mean, Thomas, that's what you want to hear. Thomas and Gilliam are still on the. Uh, it's Thomas is playing, so you said right. So he's not on the concussion protocol yeah. any longer. So then Gilliam's yeah. the only one yeah. that's on the concussion. Yeah. Yeah. And then so. CJ, CJ should be back with that foot spring. So mm. he's re- They said he should be ready to start to come in. So you won't see. More than likely, you won't see Mullins in number two. And speaking of CJ and Mullins, mm-hmm. everybody is so gung-ho for Mullins to take over CJ's spot at number two. I don't see it happening. Unless CJ's in a boot mm-hmm. and can't play. <laughs> uh, Mullins hasn't played against the second string. He's only played against the third string. He will, I'm guaranteeing, will get a shot at some second string. But um and then I think if he does decent there then him and uh CJ will probably share the reps in the last game. Yeah, they might. They might. Absolutely they might. But, no, I mean you really TJ CJ is just a very tough kid. You know, he hasn't looked that great at times. But, you know, like I said Mullins has only gone against the third stream. Mullins needs a little tougher crew and see what he does then. And yeah. How? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Well, so, I mean, yeah, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. You know, the other so, uh, the other surprise cut might be Joe Williams, you know, or will they put him on IR as a pup? Yeah. Has he done enough? That's what I put I, on I know, don't Twitter. Has enough. he done enough? But, you, think so? you know, he's, he's, I don't think so. 
But he's there, you know, he is, he is uh, Lynch's project, and, you know, maybe they're going to put him on IR for a while and see. I don't know. It's a hard one. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting, you know? So, <clears throat> well, we'll find out. We will find out. So, um, so with that being said, I'm, we are going to take one more break, and then we are going to uh, come back with Adam from uh, Four Years Insider. So, um, so with that being said, um, we'll be right back after these quick messages.
And that was with some more Aretha. <laughs> Can't get enough. Ah, oh, we'll miss her. We'll miss her. So uh, let's do this right way. And now we'd like to welcome Adam from 49er Insight. Insider's Room. Ooh. And you can follow him at 49ers Insiders. And Adam, how you doing, buddy? Not too bad, Brian. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity. Great show, great show so far, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me while I'm having a coffee attack. Um, no, it's great. It's, it's great to finally uh, talk to you, get you on. Uh, and uh, definitely, definitely. So, um, hold on. Excuse me. I can't get over this stupid cold. Um, <laughs> need a hot Americano. So, like, uh, somebody get this man some Starbucks, please. Right. Jeez. Hot water with lemon, mm. something. Yeah, something like that. Man, I tell you. Um, so yeah, and we we were uh, obviously talking about uh, the you know the depth chart. Um, now, in uh, Kyle's uh, press conference today, um, he'd say he'd like to keep four running backs. Um, now, obviously, um, it sounds like Breida and you know, obviously McKinnon are locks, but um, right. Do you, do you consider Mostert a lock? And then what do you do with Joe Williams and Alfred Morris? And is McNicholas even talked about at this point? What's your thoughts yeah, on that? So, um, so sorry about that and cutting you off, but uh, yeah, it's a, it was definitely no, a questionable type of answer on that. Um, to be completely honest, I've been kind of like maintaining a 53-man death chart for the past two, three weeks or so, and I've kind of been updating as I go after before and after the games. And um, so I've honestly had four running backs as a lock for for about a few weeks to a month now. So uh, obviously we have the quote-unquote Joe Williams injury, and uh, I don't know what's your take on that. Yeah. Do you fully believe this injury? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> no. Just like last. I mean, year, I hate to sound like a conspiracy theorist at times, but I mean, honestly, yep. these Forty Nineers have had some history with those type of deals. Well, you know, uh, you know, like we were just we were talking about it a couple minutes ago, um, you know, with Ruben Foster's suspension for the first two weeks, you can hide right. someone for those two weeks and possibly maybe put someone on the PUP that you didn't want to cut, um, right. or, or the IR list, whatever that is. Um, obviously, the Forty ers um, have done that. All teams do it, but um, sure. yeah, it, it's an interesting thing, you know. What do they really think about Joe Williams? Um, you know, uh, you know. Last I mean, we week, just heard some great words about Joe Williams two weeks ago. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then the oh, uh, last week, not, I don't know. <laughs> he, I think he had fog memory. I, I, I don't know what he was going through there. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting uh, to make it on this roster, and. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, I think the intriguing, um, you know, with your wide receiver, um, who makes it on the team, and uh, even your cornerbacks is interesting to me. And, you know, if you had to look at the wide receivers, um, 
you know, maybe who, who would be on your bubble right now that really needs to show something Saturday? Um, I would definitely have to say, unfortunately, is Aaron Bearbridge. I think he's the number one bubble wide receiver. Obviously, he's right at the hip of Richie James. So, honestly, the number six or number seven wide receiver right now at the very moment is very close. I originally was going with Burbridge, who's been having a strong offseason. Um, he's had a great 49ers minicamp, and obviously, you know, we've heard nothing but good, great news as far as his development at wide receiver. Um, developed his route running, of course. It, obviously, we all know about his special teams ability as well. But then after that first game against Dallas, I mean, Richie James definitely showed he's got some special type of abilities. So I uh, was kind of forced to kind of leapfrog James in front of Burbage for that for the number six spot. So right now I got Burbage at the hip at number seven. But I think with a big game, I think we definitely have to highly consider possibly even rolling with seven wide receivers, as crazy as that sounds, going into week one versus the Vikings. Wow. That, that, that's, a, that's a strong possibility. It really is. I think so, too. I really do. You know, um, I think after week one, you know, I remember Kyle and in his interviews, I'd like to keep them all, but I can't. So Right. Um, we all feel that way. You know, and uh, that's why, you know, the, the injuries to Williams and Magnuson, sorry to cut you off again. Um, I no, think, I mean, it might be a little blessing in disguise as far as giving this team some time to reevaluate during midseason. And that way we can staff Joe Williams on the injured reserve with designated to return tag. And I think we can do the same with Magnuson. Um, so then we possibly are looking going with eight offensive linemen, which once again could allow possibly the, mm-hmm opportunity to carry seven wide receivers to compensate for it. Now, I was very high on, obviously, Joshua Garnett last week. Um, I think for him starting, or I don't think he started, but I think he came in, what, the second the second, uh, <laughs> second down for that one. Um, but, um, you know, I thought he had a very strong performance last week. Um, and, obviously, I – I think it's it's pretty obvious that you know Mike Person um, is a is a very good I won't say good I won't say above, above average offensive lineman and you know he played center he played a lot of left guard last year um, that right guard just doesn't seem very comfortable to him um, what have what have you seen from Mike Person's game before I ask you who should win that job. Yeah, so Mike Person, obviously he has uh, some experience in the system, being, I believe, with one year with Shanahan before. So uh, obviously a crafty veteran. Um, his strong suit is more pass protection, which obviously good news for us ever since getting Jimmy Garoppolo and the weapons that we do have. I mean, you can put up some points, obviously, that it's a passing league, so you can put up some points that way. But as all 49ers want to see, um, all 49er fans, I should say, is uh, obviously we're trying to get that running, that running game going so you can be able to feed off the play action and just kind of keep defenses on their toes. So I think he's best off as a jack-of-all-trades reserve offensive lineman, obviously being the top uh, number two center behind Richburg. Um, honestly, if he does end up starting, I mean, I'm not going to be uh, feeling too worried about it, but obviously I'd rather have a little more running game ability with either Garnett or Cooper. So uh, yeah. it was definitely a pleasant surprise to see Garnett emerge, and I hope he runs away with the job this upcoming week. Yeah, I was a little disappointed in Cooper being in, obviously with his injury last year, um, because you know when he was playing left guard uh, with that when we played Dallas, um, 
you know, he kind of, <laughs> he kind of manhandled their, her boy Buckner. Um, and, uh, you know, I was happy to see him come over and compete. Um, For sure. Obviously he's still not healthy. Um, right. But, you know, for someone that, you know, we upgraded, obviously, in the off season, and that was our center, was sending uh, Daniel Kilgore away, which might have been a mistake. <laughs> um, your thoughts on uh, why do you think uh, Western Richburg has had uh, trouble so far in these, uh, these first two games? Um, so he ha- he also has West Coast offense experience, you know, uh, playing with the Giants and, uh, you mm-hmm. know, their former coach, McAdoo, who came over to the Green Bay and Mike McCarthy tree. He has experience, but he's working with, you know, new guys to the left and right of him. In my opinion, obviously, you know, you need a little time to gel. You know, calls and protections and things along those lines are going to be different. So I think it's just been a lot of, like, 0-100 trying to catch up trying to get acclimated with, once again, your surrounding personnel, you know, everything as far as the playbook goes. Um, I definitely know, and we've heard about Mm -hmm. having some nasty in him. He can definitely move like a bull. So I think it's just one of those things. We just got to stay patient as far as the offensive line goes. I think he'll definitely keep progressing. Same thing with Cooper, who's working his way back from injury. I think as time goes on, Mm -hmm. he'll start getting a little – he'll start obviously be able to knock off some rust as well. And uh, I'm not too worried about Richburg, to be honest. Um, as, as we've as okay. we said before, as far as you know, just uh, offensive line gelling, it's a very crucial part of the offense. And uh, and I think 49 fans should feel good about that as time goes by. They'll continue to gel a little at a time. Now, obviously, unless you know they can strike some kind of crazy deal, um, you know, the next thing we need to talk about is our pass rush. Where is it going to come from this year? Um, so unless they can do some magic and get Mr. Mack over here, um, where do you think that they're going to try to get that pass rush from? You know, the number one is a great question, by the way, great question. I mean, uh, that's what everyone wor- is worried about right now. That's all, it's, it's what's on mm-hmm. everybody's minds at the moment as well. Um, I honestly would really like to see the entire defense just all playing and kind of getting in sync together. Um, with the ability that our offense is able to actually have as far as firepower goes, and I think we're going to do a great job putting in some points. It's very crucial for us to take some leads, in my opinion, um, which would allow us to go a nickel a lot earlier and then be able to have our ears pinned back to actually generate some pass rush with the defense pretty much knowing it kind of passes coming along. Um, I'm a big believer in Buckner and Thomas inside. Obviously, the question marks yeah. are, is Atachu and Marsh going to be able to get it done outside? Um, I think they'll be able to do their job, you know, pretty much Marsh be able to bring the speed element, but we're definitely, obviously, from the looks of things, is we're definitely relying on pressure coming from the inside and pretty much what we're relying on edge rushers to do, along with, obviously, our defensive backs playing some good lockdown coverage, is pretty much just giving enough time for the quarterback to have to be able to step up in the pocket and hopefully let our defensive, uh, defensive tackles end up feasting on that. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You look at the depth chart here, and obviously they're putting a lot of pressure on Solomon Thomas this year. Um, they're putting a lot, They're going to be putting a lot of pressure on Eric Armstead. And, you know, Eli Harold, uh, he can contain, contain you know, uh, obviously contain the line. Uh, he does a very good job at that. And then you have this new, you know, obviously you have this rookie coming in, Julian Taylor, that's starting to open eyes. Um, Sheldon Day, who's been an inside presence um, last year in those five wins, 
um, someone who can play on the inside and, and the outside. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, and then obviously you, you, you start hearing a little whispers that, well, not whispers. I mean, they said they're going to do in certain, certain packages where they're going to put Buckner on the outside um, on passing downs. Right. And obviously move maybe Solomon Thomas inside or however they want to do that, um, which is interesting, um, you know, because obviously you, know, you have some high, high draft picks. <laughs> you look at this depth chart. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you hope you can get those players – um, to play above their ability um, and the system, let the system work the way it should. Um, you know, but if you were to pick one guy that said, you know, I think that guy can get the job done, who would it be on this defensive line? Are we talking inside or outside or just in general? I, well, let's talk outside. Let's talk outside. Let's make it a little bit Talk easier. outside? So, I mean, not everyone's high on it, and, uh, you know, it's tough at times, you know, being a faithful supporter. You know, you want to be positive and optimistic about everybody. But uh, I think I really do believe in, in Marsh's and Atacha's ability. Once again, not necessarily going sack crazy, but I think as, as Atacha continues to, rock some, to knock some rust off, um, Marsh's speed ability on the outside, which he pretty much is – his job is to get the quarterback to step up, essentially um, – I, I really believe, like, once the defense all around, once again, it starts gelling together, and if the coverage ability is there, you know, you have Ruben Foster and, uh, and Fred Warner in the middle doing handling their business in the shallow areas and all that. Um, a, re- a person who I was really big on, who seems right now to be a, kind of a little shaky, is, uh, is Peter T. I thought he had some great ability mm-hmm. to be able to come in as a rotating guy and bring a nice element to the pass rush as well. Um Absolutely. Part of it could be just preseason, honestly, and just kind of playing vanilla schemes. Um, I do think he was a big reason why we avoided pass rush in the draft. So it could be just one of those kind of wait-and-see approaches. Once again, I can't, I can't say it enough of how important it's going to be for us to, to put up some points, which I think we will do, and play with some leads. And I think once that occurs, yeah. we'll, be, we'll all be a lot happier with this defense and pretty much just accept hopefully some victories. But – you know, not a crazy pass rush at the same time. And that's okay as long as you're able to get it done. Absolutely. And, and you know, you look at this this defense, and obviously, you know, our linebacker crew, uh, they got to make sure that run is stopped. Obviously, Ruben Foster is a huge part of that. I believe Fred Warner is going to be a huge part of that. Um, my personal opinion is Fred Warner <clears throat> can play any of the linebacker positions, and he's probably our best cover linebacker on the team we have right now. Um, and you know, you look, you look at some of these people and someone, obviously, you know, Malcolm Smith, who seems like he can't stay healthy, but, um, if healthy, you know, um, what do you think about this linebacker crew going into the season? Yeah. So as we all know, week one, Ruben Foster is not going to be a part of this defense, unfortunately, um. Once again, I'm always Optimus Prime. I think if the defense plays to the best of their ability without him, he's going to be just a humongous spark come week three. So uh, so we'll see how that goes. But as far as the starting linebackers week one, I think hopefully, and I saw today on Twitter that uh, Malcolm Smith is back and doing individual drills. He's going to play in his dress rehearsal. I don't know if, I mean, I'm not 100% quite yet, but I'm sure we'll be able to hear a word the next few days as the game gets a little closer. Um, so right now let's just imagine he's healthy. I've got him and Coyle starting. 
But I really do believe mm-hmm. come nickel situation where you only have two linebackers on the field, I think Fred Warner is definitely going to be one of those two linebackers due to his coverage ability. Um, I really don't I know who's going to be the second out of Smith and obviously Brock Coyle. I think there is a possibility, which we've done before. Sometimes you can, uh, like, for example, you can run a strong safety like Jaquiski Tart. You can run him as a nickel mm-hmm. linebacker because it'll most likely be a pass anyway. Look for Jimmy Ward to possibly slide over to safety. But, uh, I mean, it just really depends on what the Vikings are doing that particular day. You know, if, they, uh, if they've been very well balanced, if they're going a little more pass or run heavy. So it just kind of depends on what they're doing. But that's what I got right now as far as starting. I got Smith and Coyle. Nickel, I got, I got Fred Warner. And if I had to go with the secondary linebacker, I would probably go with Malcolm Smith since he has a little more okay. wheels. But I'm really not quite sure. Coyle has actually done a nice job all off season, and it seems like he took another step forward, to be honest. Well, uh, let, let's, let's look at some of the guys who – um, I think have played okay, and I'd like to get your uh, opinion on it. Um, Elijah Lee, would you try to fit a spot for him on this team, or do you think he's I not up to par? Um, so to be honest, he's, uh, he's, I was about getting ready to talk to him uh, not too long ago. He's definitely stepped up big time and possibly trying to take advantage of the opportunity mm-hmm. of Ruben Foster not being there. So right now in my yep. 53, at first I had Toomer in the lead as my number four linebacker. Of course, Smith, Coyle, Warner being the top three. Once again, sure. it is assuming Foster suspended. But right now I got Elijah Lee yep. as my fourth linebacker spot, to be honest with you. Um, I think he'll end up, unfortunately, getting cut once Ruben Foster returns week three. But uh, as we've seen with Joe Williams, for example, I wouldn't be shocked instead of cutting him. You know, he kind of gets yeah. a little quote-unquote magical injury, and we stash him for the year. But he's done a great job. Done a and great I, job. He's really emerged. I liked what I really saw last game from him for sure. Yeah, I, I wasn't too sure at first what what we were going to see out of him. And uh, yeah, he he, well for at least these first two games, he's really impressed. Um, and obviously, all the uh, the writers and the beat writers I've talked to, uh, the um, coaching staff really like him too. So, um, and then you know we were talking about this prior before you came on. Um, I personally don't think Greg Maven belongs on this team. I think it's more of a numbers right. game and what the experience is that we have. Um, and, you know, you start looking at people. Obviously, I was a big Tavares uh, McFadden person. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say sure. I don't want you to compare those two, but um, obviously, you know, you look at it, you know, if Witherspoon was to go down, and let's say Jimmy Ward's still on the team. Obviously, Jimmy would probably cover um, the left cornerback position. Um, but you know, you have, you know, if you if you did decide to cut Maven, you know, your choices are going to be Tavares Moore or McFadden. Um, who do you like better there, and who do you think has a better upside? Out of Mc, out of Maven and McFadden, right now, I mean, the DB the, the the DB department in general right now is just. Uh, it feels a little weird on the outside looking in. Um, for example, yeah, I'm only going with one free safety um, behind Colbert, technically on paper. But obviously, as we all know, Jimmy Ward and uh, DJ Reed have a, a big ability at free safety as well. Uh, right now, DJ being mm-hmm. the number two um, behind Colbert. But uh, right now, I'm pretty much just like, this is a huge game coming up in the aspect of, I don't know. So pretty much we know Tavares Moore is locked. So uh, he's my secondary outside yeah, corner behind Jimmy Ward. 
Um, but the last mm-hmm. spot, I'm honestly just waiting for somebody to step up because right now I don't have any of them. I don't think they're technically worthy of the spot between McFadden, Mosley, Major, no, I don't. <laughs> um, and, and Powell, who I almost forgot. So out of those four guys, somebody needs to have a huge game to possibly make a 53 push. Because right now, in my opinion, I don't think it's necessary to have one of them on the roster. Once again, it's because Ward is the number three outside cornerback, and then Moore is the number four. And obviously at the nickelbacks, Juan starts there. Um, DJ Reed and, and Ward both have ability at the nickel, as long with free safety as well. So I don't think it's necessary to carry another cornerback, in my own personal opinion. Okay, so let's let's talk about something that was brought up today, I think, by Matt Barrows. And that was possibly bringing back an Eric Reed. Um, obviously, we, we, we don't talk about the <laughs> the situation usually on the show. So, taking right. out politics. Um, you know, uh, obviously, you know, he, he played a little linebacker for you last year. Yeah, I mean, he could, he, sure. could he could be put in that zone. Um, he would definitely shore up your needs right now. Um, you know, I, I personally, I mean, if you ask me, I would, you know, no one's going to take – I personally don't think anyone's going to take, take on Jimmy Ward's contract unless something crazy happens. But, right. uh, you know, I'd rather have probably an Eric Reed more than a Jimmy Ward. Um, gives you a little bit more dimension. I still think Jimmy Ward is a nickel cornerback, but Quan Williams is so good. Um, I, you know, Obviously, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um right. So you're basically paying $8 million for pretty much a nickelback that can play that in free safety. It's a very confusing situation with this whole Jimmy Ward thing. Definitely no good um, value there, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, You know, if anyone was to trade for him, I think they would be looking free safety directly with him. Um, But obviously, I think they love Colbert. Colbert's probably won that job. Uh, but going back to Eric Reed, um, obviously he would solve a lot of issues. I think they would have just with the depth chart. If he would come back for a minimum contract, like Kyle was saying today, I don't know if he would right. do that. But if he did, obviously, um, you know, whose position would you put him behind? I mean, who, uh, if he was to sign with the 49ers, would you try to put him with the linebacker crew? Or would you try to work him in with the safeties? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, honestly, he could bring some good versatility to the table, especially in my own opinion now that we're talking about it, as Foster is out. Um, As I brought up earlier, Mm -hmm. I could possibly see a package um, of Tart and Nickel, um, since you most likely are not going to be running. I can see him being the second linebacker next to Fred Warner. So I would probably imagine a role like that, where Eric Reed can possibly come in as a -hmm. Nickel linebacker. Obviously, he has experience in the system, so uh, you know terminology and everything should stay intact. But I would, I would he would be pretty much be taking on Chancellor James's uh, position right now as the number two strong safety, and obviously be able to fill in that linebacker as well. Okay, you know, speaking of Twitter, I have a question for you that I just got inboxed. What are your thoughts on Aton- on Axum Jr.? What do you think? Uh, yeah, Antoine Jr. What, what? Yeah, what do you think about his play so far in the preseason? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, he was he's pretty much been a forgotten man for the most part, um, just kind of getting swallowed up in the whole 90-man roster. You know, once again, Chancellor James being there, um, Ward and Reed's ability at free safety, Marcel Harris, who was our, uh, I believe he was a six-round pick last year. Um, in this past draft, I should say, at the University of Florida, he's working his way back from, uh, I believe, Achilles as well. So he's kind of been in the mix. Actually, Junior, I'd, uh, from what I saw last week versus uh, shoot, the Texans, um, he, he looked mm-hmm. like he was wearing actually Colbert's old number again, uh, number 38, a.k.a. Uh, Deshaun Golson's old number as well. And he, he looked yeah. like he brought some nice little boom ability um, on the field. Yeah, he did. Obviously, do I have him making the roster right now? Unfortunately not. But uh, he could be a guy. And that, that's another – that's pretty much the reasoning why I'm not desperate to have another corner. I think out of all these guys that you possibly cut, you could possibly stash one or two of them on the practice squad and call them up as you need. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. No, I, I would like that. Um, I'm going to go back to the offense real quick. Um, we have another question about tight end. Okay, so everyone imagine Selleck, Kittles, and Hukatini are going to make the squad. Um, with Cole, you know, Dwelly Ross, you know, uh, Wes Sexton, obviously they've made plays. Um any of those guys you either try to keep – I don't think they make the squad. I don't think they make the roster, but would you try to maybe take one of those guys and hopefully put them on your practice squad? Um, I think Cole Wick has that opportunity to do so. Um, I'm not trying to be one of those guys that acts like Ross Dwelly can possibly be a next Hikutini or, you know, mm-hmm. possibly the next George Kittle or something along those lines, but he does kind of like Cole Hikutini. Um, he was known coming out of the University okay. of San Diego as pretty much a primary pass catcher. Um, which is obviously very valuable to have in the red zone. Um, I don't. I really don't know how the other 31 teams in the NFL would uh, view him at the at the very moment. To be honest with you, so I don't know if he's uh, pretty much whoever that I consider probably likable or part of the future. Or I would like to have him part of the future. I pretty much want to redshirt everybody. But obviously, as we know, that's not the case. You can't really do that with obviously every player that you like or whatever. Um, but hopefully mm-hmm. sometimes you're able to possibly cut somebody and maybe there's a pre-shake, uh, there's a, like a pre-agreement or whatnot where like, hey, we'll pay you more money than – because I do, I do believe you do have the possibility of uh, negotiating um, how much money you can make on the practice squad, and that's how sometimes you're able to keep sure. another person. I could see Ross Dwelling wanting to be here. I mean, Shanahan is one of the best offensive masterminds in the NFL, so I could see him somebody who would bite the bullet pretty much and stay on the practice squad. Um, but man, I really like his ability. Like I said, he pretty much seems like another Cole Hikutini to me. And uh, obviously, as we've seen, Cole Hikutini has, has shined quite well with uh, George Kittle's absence. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And obviously, you know, there's always, um, um, obviously, there's like you said, uh, veteran people who will be getting cut that maybe they can undo do an upgrade from that perspective. Um. And it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, I I would not be wanting want to be in a, in that meeting where you have to go down to the the final roster because it's gonna to be tough to make this team. And yeah, you okay. know, like a lot of people are saying, you know, you don't, you know, um, are the Forty ers there? No, they're not there yet. I, I think you know, obviously, it, it's gonna be more about you know team chemistry how many reps they can do, get as many reps as you can. Um, I think they might start off a little rough, 
and then obviously uh, start growing, growing into the season. Um, and, you know, um, you know, what is, you know, obviously you, you start looking at the, at our schedule now, now that we're going into this third game, you know, you look at the Minnesota's, the opener against Detroit, Kansas city and San Diego. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying maybe one and four. Um, what are you hoping for, you know, through those four, four games? Um, what would you, what would you like, uh, what, what would make you feel good knowing going into that Arizona game that maybe you're like, okay, I, I, they're doing okay. They're doing okay. Um, what would you like to see? Um, so let's see. The first four games, it looks like we got Vikings, Lions, Chiefs, then the Chargers. So those yeah. are the first four games. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. not to be greedy, so I guess at worst, I mean, two of two would be nice. Um, obviously, that's, that's not what, what I'm, I'm hoping for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really, I really do think there's a great opportunity to steal Week One. As shocking as that might sound to some people, but uh, I yeah. really think we have yeah. a prime opportunity to take them. Um, they've been dealing with some injuries. New offensive coordinator. New quarterback in Kirk Cousins. You know, Shani knows, you know, Cousins pretty well. Um, I think we'll be able to put up some points. And I don't know if you saw the last preseason game where I believe the Vikings played the Jaguars. They were they were sputtering quite well. I think they only put up 10 points in the entire game. And I don't even know if the starting the starting offense ended up putting up any points whatsoever. Um, but back yeah, on that, point, I guess worst comes to worst, 2-2. Two and two, But I'm hoping for 3-1. and one. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I mean, Why I mean, not? yeah, you're right. That that first game, um, it's their first game of playing all four quarters. Um, you know, obviously, sometimes that backfires. You're a little off with your throws. Um, you know, go into that second half, and uh, yeah, sometimes obviously um, we've done it before. You know, we've <laughs> we've had those long streaks with that, those first games, and. Uh, Obviously, we all remember uh, first game a couple of years ago when Carlos Hyde kind of went off there. For so you're not. I mean, you never know. You never know. So right. uh, definitely a the probably the uh, one of the stronger candidates, uh, stronger teams will be facing the first part of the season. But um, sure. nothing's test. impossible. Yeah, nothing's impossible. Um, so you, you, you know, as as you go into the season. Excuse me. I think I'm about to cough again. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Okay, going into the season, uh, you know, Forty um, Niners Insider. Okay, so kind of explain, uh, kind of explain to people, you know, um, where they can find you, um, and uh, and what would your your point be across to the fans out there? For sure. I appreciate the question. I really do. So I'm pretty much my Twitter handle is at 49ers with the S at the end of 49er um, insiders. Um, my private page is at AP um, insiders. Um, but pretty much what I'm trying to accomplish is really just giving pretty much a 49ers staple type of take on things. Um, I'm really huge on interacting and pretty much trying to bring everybody at the, from the 49ers staple community together. Um, I consider myself a pretty knowledge type of fan, and you know, at the end of the day, this is this is something I'm hoping possibly goes somewhere. But at the end of the day, you know, it's my hobby, it's my passion, um, and whatever happens down the road happens. But uh, yeah, I'm just really big on you know sometimes the 
beat writers are a little busy or whatnot, or, you know, we obviously we have our own personal life going on. So pretty much what I try to do is make sure no stone is left unturned, you know, making sure everybody gets their news, you know, go ahead and giving different opinions of different people's thoughts on things and uh, try to add my own two cents at the same time as well. No, absolutely. You know, we, uh, um, well, yeah, a couple of days, yesterday, actually, I'm sorry. Um, we hit our uh, five-year anniversary with, uh, we used to be called, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, my God, Niners Like Us. <laughs> and then we changed it to Niners Radio. And, uh, yeah, I mean, nice. have fun with it. Have fun with it. For uh, sure. All the guys out here, um, all the platforms, um, they're fun. They're, uh, you know, very interactive, definitely on Twitter. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's a fun group. Um, there's a couple of bad peaches out there, but you know what? Um, you know, you, you'll find them. <laughs> like For sure. That. And but, I always try to win those bad peaches over, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, and... Um, and I didn't um I'm sorry if you don't have one. Um will there be any kind of website coming up? Yes, yeah, so Possibly that's something I'm world? definitely working on towards. Um just been really okay. concentrated on trying to build an audience. So that is eventually coming on so I can be able to publish articles and stuff like that. Uh, when I start gathering a team to be able to write and everything along those lines. Um I do want to start kicking off podcasts. You know, everybody at the end of the day Absolutely. wants to hear once again a different person's voice or whatnot. So uh I just been yeah. really concentrating on building an audience and the connection so I can be able to have, you know, possible viewers or whatnot. I can be able to tune into it. But that that is eventually coming on. And, uh, thank you for bringing it up. Absolutely. And uh, where are you based out of? Some people I'm actually in like San Diego right now. Okay, San Diego. San Diego, here we go. Yes, <laughs> All right, beautiful. Beautiful. Well, you can go check out Adam once again um, at 49ers Insiders. And, uh, Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Thank, thank you so, so much. much for having I me on, Brian. Really it was quite a pleasure. <laughs> thank you okay, so much, my friend. Well, I'm looking Adam, forward to doing care. it again. You as well. Thank you, Brian. Absolutely, Adam. All right. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Yeah, definitely go check him out. And uh, that's at, at 49ers Insiders. Hmm. S at the end of both. Okay. So, um, so yeah. So, um, with that being said, Dina, you know, I, I want to bring this back up. Five years. Five years. But, you know, me and Dina yeah. have been working, uh, we worked at another place that I won't, <laughs> I won't bring up, but, uh, people that need to know, know. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's been fun. Um, we've had a lot of people on, we were going through our, our Facebook at uh, Niners Radio, and uh, we started naming off all the guests we've had. And, uh, you know, it's been an honor to meet some of these guys and uh, people that you watched up growing up watching see on TV. You get to talk to them. Um, such a joy. It was such a joy. Um, me and Dina came from a um, a show that um, I, I don't want to bash because I'm a faithful, but um, – wasn't the 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 route we wanted to take uh we wanted to go a different route uh we wanted to be a little bit more respectful and uh reach the fans um you know raj and the, the niner empire um took us in like family and uh we've built it um 
not to sound, I don't want to sound cocky, but we we did it just us. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we had help with, you know, big shout outs to, you know, uh, uh, Ryan Lillington, uh, Jeff Herrick, um, you know, Rick Lindsay. Um, you know, we've had people along the way. Jason Catlow, I'm sorry. I just want to know people we've had on. Um, and, uh, you know, but uh, me and Dean are here, and uh, we have fun with it. Um, it's a lot of work, but, it, man, it's really paid off, Dina. You know, it really has. Definitely. Definitely it has. Mm. And, I mean, it's not bragging. I mean, it took two two Niner fans who yeah. just, I mean, it took off. I mean, when you have people like, you know, come out of nowhere and start following you, like Jared Deese, Randy Cross, uh, you know, yeah. as soon as these guys start, I was That's like, the, whoa, yeah. where's these guys? I don't even know these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know them, but they're following me. I'm a nobody. I'm a I'm a fan, yeah. and all of a sudden I have this person following me, and, you know, then I start tweeting with them, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm good friends with Derek, and I'm good friends with this one, and we text, and, I, you know, I text with the ex-49er players, and, you know, we joke around, and they come on the show, and we joke mm-hmm. around, and then, you know, I help some of them do some charities, and it's just fun. It's become a blast, and then to get caught up with the Empire, the Niners Empire, I mean, the yeah. chapters are just, it's a blast getting the Yeah, the chapters and the, the, you know, uh, helping out all the, you know, with charities, with, uh mm-hmm. You know, just everything, everything. I mean, it's, I been, mean, it's been fun. Five years it's ago. It's been real fun. Yeah, five years ago. Well, we, I've been doing it seven. But even seven years ago, mm-hmm. I never imagined being involved mm-hmm. in so much and having all this 49er fun and having our own website. And, you know, we started with just, it was just doing shows. Now we have the website. We have writers. We have reporters. We have bloggers. Yep. We have, you know. It's just, and we have a great mm-hmm. fan base. I mean, we have our, you know, listeners that are just like faithful to us, you know, and it's it's awesome. And we get a lot of yeah. feedback and messages a lot and questions, and it's a great thing. No, it is. It really is. Um, you know, and Adam and, can have uh, a blast once he gets once he gets going. He's gonna oh, have a blast. Oh man. Ugh. Because it takes off, and once it takes off. I mean, we've helped so many people along the way. I mean, Uh you know, people from, you know, um, you know, people from WebZone, people, I mean, Rombo, and, um, you know, so many people that we've tried to help. Um, And when I I get, when people say, yeah, we're starting my podcast, I get so excited because it's like, man, I remember that. I remember starting mm-hmm. getting excited and be like, "Oh, what do what do I say? What do I say?" You know, and it, it's just like you know, you're talking to your friends and you go out and have a good time, and um, you know, maybe yeah, someone likes like, what, what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you know you get overexcited. I mean, you just heard my use check. You know, is he, he's my favorite yeah. player between between him and Cole Hukatini, and it's like doing an interview with him, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't do this. You know, I'm, like, sitting there, like, literally trying to do it, but I'm, like, stuttering, and I'm trying so hard not to stutter because I'm so excited about doing that interview. And it's just, like, you know, and then I've got Hukatini coming up now, and I'm like, 
Oh, my God. Now it's my next favorite one. How do I do this one? You know? But when I'm with Jerry Deese and Eric and those guys, it's so natural. It just rolls, and we, we laugh, yeah. we giggle. Um, the interviews, I mean, my interview with Derek was just, what, 2016 Thanksgiving. That was an epic show, you know? We, 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 we were, was... Yeah, we were off. We, we weren't on any major um, interview. We were just having fun, no. talking as, fam- as friends and family. And, you know, we went from Thanksgiving meals to bean pie to – it just giggles and laughs and, you know, tears. I mean, literally tears. Oh Every time we have Derek, you literally have tears. You can't, you cannot not have tears because he makes you laugh so hard. And then you go into Eric Wright and Eric Davis, uh, you know, Keith Evans. You know, this guy is a very stern Evans, guy that's yeah. always down on the 49ers, but yet comes mm-hmm. on the show and is just the Total different guy than you think you're going to get. Very respectable. Yeah. You know, we had a great time with him. And so we've had some great things, you know. And then we've done all the charity work. You know, we've helped families with GoFundMes for, you know, losing their kids, uh, cancer. Uh, we've had little Audrey. Uh, it's just been a blast, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm, I I feel we're blessed. I'm humbled mm. that I've been able to do this. And, you know, and I have such my own little fan base going, you know, and I've got the girls, you know, the girls are starting to kick into us and, help, you know, get involved with us now because they're feeling, the ladies sure. are feeling like, oh, wait, you know, we have a female here. She's not going to let anybody talk smack to us, and they can actually talk football now, you know, with us. And, they, you know, it's nice to see them getting involved now with us and talking and going on threads with us and putting their opinions out there, you know, and nobody's bashing them. And before, you know, in certain groups, there's bashing going on because, oh, you're female. I, I got that a lot. I don't get it as much anymore. It's kind of nice not to get it as much, but there's always that one little jerk that comes in there. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're female. Go back to the kitchen. And I was like, uh, no, I don't go to the kitchen. You go make me a sandwich yourself. But, uh, yeah, it's been a blast, and I'm I'm more than humbled, and and our friendship has become – Brian is my best yeah. friend, and we, we have a best – we have the best mm-hmm. relationship. His wife is best of friends with us, with me. She's calls me yeah. wifey. We, we he, he, I'm his wifey <laughs> during football. She's his wifey out of football. It's just how it goes. Yep. But uh, I yep. I appreciate everything she does for us and the time that she's yeah. talking with us and stuff. We have a lot of fun. And then there's Lucy. Yeah, we do. Lucy's part of our Lucy's part of our oh, thing. Oh yeah, too. Our Lucy. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Our ten year old boxing oh, yeah. puppy. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, so it's, been, it's been great, though. It's been a great five years. And, no, we haven't ever met, just so you all know. We plan on it next year. Yeah, that's true. Actually. Yes, yes. But, no, we have not Absolutely. all met. We just became really good friends, and we have a great <laughs> – just the personalities we all have, and we we work great together. Yeah, no, we do. We do. Yeah. And it, it seems like it's always been like that, so – I mean, yeah. it's been crazy, but uh, yeah, this was so fun. Um, you know, it was, uh, even like today, it was a fun show to get to get things started off, and then uh, obviously next week will be crazy too. But um, you know, we we'll promise we'll get you guys Derek Dees back on. Uh, maybe a schedule <laughs> schedule time next time or something. But well, uh, we'll get Derek. But yeah, Derek is. 
That he is. You you get him going, you don't get to talk though. Don't bring Derek and Jesse yeah, on together. Jesse, Jesse and Derek together. Yeah. You don't get one word in. Those two start giggling, and it's on. Mm. Maybe tonight was a night to get him on, though. I mean, it would be awesome. I was turn off my mic and say, "Go, Derek. Go ahead." <laughs> oh, that's all right, though. That's all right. You know, that's all right. There was there was a report of. Uh, that I wanted to do, and I actually, I think I lost it now because um, it was on, I'm trying to think, Terrell Williams. Mm. And it was something about trying to bring him back later, and I don't know who reported it. Oh, uh, yeah, I think he, uh <clears throat> They did a contract with him to get out, get him out of his yes, current contract. The injury. Right, so, they did an yeah. injury contract. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, and they can bring yep. him back later. They said. So. Yes. We know that he won't. He won't be with us. Um, nope. Mm-mm. Nope. 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 So yeah. So. um so yeah, so uh anyone that wants to watch the game, uh I think it comes out like one thirty my time, so what is it? Well, that's like eleven thirty your your guys' time? It comes on at what yeah. time your time? It's ten uh ten it, o'clock art time. I think it's like one thirty out here in Chicago, so it's like two hour difference. Yeah, two hour wow. That's a weird time for us. Yeah. We're twelve one or ten one five. Let's see here. Let's see what it tells me. Uh, mine's one thirty PM. Ah, it's one thirty. It's three thirty out here in Chicago, so yeah, one thirty then. As I say, because our times are usually ten, ten, one, one thirty, one fifteen, five o'clock. Let's use the time of our game. Okay. Okay. All right. That sounds good. That sounds good. So, all right. Well, I think we're going to end the show, guys. Um, but, uh, you know, we really appreciate you always for joining us. And, uh, you know, we'll be back on next Tuesday. And uh, at um, we're going to have a new time of 7 p.m. next Tuesday. So we're going to change up about a half hour earlier. Um, so with that being said, uh, we will see you, uh, some of you Saturday on uh, my page, Brian Bauer. And until then, um, go Niners. Everyone be safe. No injuries. <laughs> and this is Brian and Dina signing off on Niners Radio. It starts with the warm-up, the anthem, the coin toss. The seconds tick past so slow like a roller coaster on its way up. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Then, the ride of your life is about to begin. Four quarters of ups and downs, unexpected turns, screaming at the top of your lungs. It's a high-speed, high-thrills, non-stop battle for one yard at a time. Suddenly, the clock's winding down. This train is rolling into the station. The whistle blows to catch your breath, and all you can think about is doing it again. Yeah.